We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring. Out of respect. There are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild Turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, American, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. Welcome to the Tuesday edition of the Rotoware NFL Podcast, sponsored by Yahoo DFS. I'm Joe Bartle, and joined alongside me, as always, is Jake Latarski. Week five is in the books. Thankfully, you were able to survive uh, the Browns 49ers stinker of a Monday night football game. I think it's pretty clear at this point, and well, maybe it's not, quite frankly, but I think it is, that the Browns are not very good. And we're going to be seeing that a lot more on national television. Thank goodness the NFL schedulers got really excited about Odell Beckham joining the Browns because we get to see this for, it feels like every other week now for the foreseeable future. Yippee. You know what's going to happen is Nick Chubb's going to run absolutely wild on every like uh, one o'clock Eastern game that they play. And then the whole team's just going to flop and going to roll over on every national TV game. That's what it's going to look like. In all seriousness, though, I mean, we do need to give the 49ers a little bit of credit. They're now 4-0. and They came in with a good offensive game plan. If Garoppolo can stay consistent, they're definitely a playoff team um so so there's that but man these browns are uh brutal brutal to watch yeah it's probably not fair right we should be talking about how the 49ers in a very crowded nfc west division 
are the best team, it appears, at least on paper, to be out of that group. But yet here we are, and I think most people, at least nationally, of course, and obviously we are right now, discussing mm-hmm. how the Browns have been inept right now. And it's it's Odell Beckham, it's Baker Mayfield, Nick Chubb has been excellent so far, mm-hmm. the defense has been inconsistent. I think you have to start first with the offensive line, though, for the Browns, and that's mm-hmm. where, if you are a Baker Mayfield owner like myself, and I think you have at least one share of him, two in a different league, this is tough. And mm-hmm. in stake league in particular, we're going to talk more about that and, and kind of how I'm going to rebound or possibly rebound at this point. Uh, it, as one of the top 20 quarterbacks right now with Baker, it's tough to be happy at all with the production or assume it's going to get better. Like this is this is a difficult mm-hmm. proposition ahead of us if you watched any part of that Monday night game. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, the Browns have been bad, right? But this was a whole new level of bad. Baker had negative fantasy points through the third quarter because of his turnovers. And I thought, okay, well, he's at least going to get some garbage time. Nope, the Niners ran the clock out, and Baker, and then they, then he gave way to Garrett Gilbert there. So um, there is one encouraging thing when it comes to Baker Mayfield, slightly encouraging. Um, not that I'm going to call him a buy low candidate because there it's it, it's so low right now that we're almost going to be to the point where people start dropping him. But from week eleven on, we have Pittsburgh, Miami, Pittsburgh, Cincinnati, Arizona. Baltimore, okay, kind of tough, then Cincinnati again. So he finishes the season with a very good fantasy schedule. That looks favorable on paper. The only problem is, will the entire thing have blown up entirely before that? Is there is all chemistry and confidence and, and any hope of uh, making something out of this season going to be gone by that point? So that's the real concern there. But if they can somehow find a way to get it together, I don't think they're going to beat Seattle going into the bye, and they have the Patriots right after the bye. They could put together a streak, but right now there's nothing that really indicates that. And like you said, the points with their offensive line, it just make it makes it it just dreadful. The whole thing is a joke right now, and uh, it's it's embarrassing. Yeah, you look at that schedule, and I think okay, that's a lot of wins for the Browns. If you had the Browns making the playoffs and put some um, bets down for that, it's still a possibility given that end of the season schedule. The Pittsburgh defense, though, I don't think we can say is a great matchup at this point. They've been able to keep uh, teams in check after the Minka Fitzpatrick trade. Mm -hmm. And yes, they're still losing games. They lost the Ravens in overtime. Uh, That first round pick is probably still going to be a very valuable addition for the Dolphins Mm -hmm. and their tank job so far. But I think that defense actually is not too bad. And as somebody who was, who was like, all right, yes, let's go target this, the Steelers secondary, I'm not sure I think that's the case anymore. Yeah, You're it's, right, It's more, more of the case for you know team win possibility right, right that's now what I'm saying. I think the, the Browns... quarterback situation. But uh, there, there are a couple sneaky good matchups in there. So if someone drops Baker, I'm going to find a spot for him on my roster. That doesn't mean you have to trot him out every week. And it's going to be real tough to roster him over the next three weeks, especially given the bye and that Patriots matchup there, who I still don't think have allowed a, touch, a passing touchdown on the year. Uh, if I can remember that correctly. So uh, I'll yeah, try to not, find a spot. I'm not, I'm fine dropping him this week and I'm not necessarily going to go and acquire him off of waivers or anything like that. This mm-hmm. time around, obviously the Seahawks difficult matchup, the Patriots in a bye week are all kind of uh, sandwiched in there. So if you can get him after those events occur or like kind of pre-planning it like we did with a mm-hmm. uh, Golden Tate or Chris Herndon, that's kind of the situation that I'd apply for Baker Mayfield. So I understand if you want to drop him right now, and I totally get it, but I think he needs to be rostered prior to that stretch of games. Let's go talk about the 49ers, though. Obviously, again, 4-0 team in the NFC West. That's an important facet. We saw both Matt Breida and the return of Tevin Coleman have successful days for the 49ers offense. The pass catchers remain a concern. I think Chris Liss talked about that in his Monday Night Observations, which you can read on the Rotowire blog. I, I completely understand uh if you are a dante pettis owner if you're frustrated a marquise goodwin low buy like that round 14 15 they even range tried to get pettis some look a nice a streaking look in garbage time and he had a sure touchdown that he just kind of dropped yeah it's it's kittle and it's 
Kittle, right? Like that's the only consistent pass catcher for the 49ers you can feel comfortable with. But I'm I'm interested to feel or uh, interested to hear what you think on the running back situation. Like Matt Breida still looks explosive. He had the very first play, had an 83-yard touchdown. And then Tevin Coleman also had the work. They both had 10-plus 10, 10 carries and over 80 rushing yards. Mm-hmm. So I wonder, is this a situation where you can have two fantasy-relevant running backs on the same team? Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think the way that this offense is set up and the the way that they don't want to necessarily put it in Garoppolo's hands and with some of the creative play calling and the, the creative run play calling especially, uh, there's absolutely a chance uh, that both of these guys could be uh, could be productive because, you know, especially Matt Breida, he's getting less carries than Coleman. You would expect that. I mean, Coleman's probably the better, you know, pure running back, but Breida makes up for that with his reception. So you get kind of a, a, a nice balance there. And I think both of those guys are starters. I mean, it's, it's more it's even more alluring than say like the James White Sony Michelle combo right now you know you can expect probably more points from the, that 49ers duo week to week because there's no random Brandon Bolden Rex Burkhead weeks <laughs> I guess that's part of it but who knows we've had some random Raheem Mostert well yeah or Jeff on. Wilson yeah. vulturing touchdowns in Jeff there. Wilson was inactive though yep yep well so, I'm just saying that there is that possibility with the mm-hmm. Brandon Boldens of the world that that feels like the yes. same comp in that backfield but for now man Matt Breida getting his Aaron Jones on with that wave on the very first play untouched I mean that pretty much set the tone for the game and that was how the game went from there we're going to get to Aaron Jones in that wave I think in a little bit because that was one of the most satisfying things that I've seen uh in the NFL season to date and maybe it's mm-hmm. just my bias as a Packers fan but I I agree with you that I think both Matt Breida and Tevin Coleman are going to have their place either as a running back two or a flex option in your fantasy league and and even in a 10 team or 12 team format, I think that's that's certainly viable. Maybe an eight team is where I think I draw the line as far as either one of those guys being fantasy eligible. But like I'm in a, I'm in a league where we can only roster four running backs. And Tevin Coleman, I, I survived his injury cut through the first four weeks, and I'm pretty happy and excited for what he can do. And it's 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 interesting to see how the 49ers operate because I think Matt Breida is a bit more of an injury concern, and that was why he was drafted lower than Tevin Coleman, I think, in most places uh, throughout the draft season. But both have their place. Which one do you feel like is more fantasy relevant for the rest of the season? Like, which one would you have more or like to have more? Oh, you know, this it could be one where they're ranked close enough. Like in our rest of season rankings right now, I'm not. I'm not entirely sure if this has touched those up since the Monday night game. But uh, Breida's 98 and Coleman's 111, and I could see both of those guys going on the rise a little bit. For me, it could. I mean, they're close enough where it could come down to something as simple as standard Tevin Coleman because he gets more carries, PPR Matt Breida because he seems to be more of a factor in that regard. So, um, yeah, both of those guys I think will be top 100 fantasy players by the end of the season just yeah. because the system the system treats them pretty well. Yeah, you're right. I think that's that's probably the case, and especially because there is no consistent pass catcher for the 49ers that I think they're going to have to utilize that running game and, and rely mm-hmm. on the strong defense led by Bosa and company for the 49ers. And I, it'll be very interesting to see how they compete in the NFC West. I think that's that's what we're all waiting for. Of course, the 49ers are undefeated, but what is it? what do they do against the Rams and against the Seahawks? And we're going to see that this week, of course. And I, I think the 49ers um, were underdogs against the Rams and I would not be surprised at all if the 49ers went outright. Like, I, I don't know if we can consistently say the Rams' offense has been fantastic, the defense has been uh, – or we can't say the Rams' offense has been fantastic. And the same goes for the defense. So that'll be an interesting one to watch and, and moving forward. Of course, this is the Tuesday edition of the Road Wire NFL podcast, and we're supposed to be focusing on the free agent editions, and I promise we'll get there. Uh, it's a little bit light of a week in terms of primary, or primary players to pick up or focus on. So I did want to bring a little bit of – trade questions to the table for you, Jake. And I'm curious to hear what your thoughts on this. So uh, to set the stage a little bit, of course, we are in stake league, probably the most important league for any RotoWare member, uh, given the monetary value that is on the line for the Madison office. I am 0-5. The record is not important. 
whatsoever. What do we talk about, Joe? We're not admitting this on the show. No, I'm I'm fine. My I do not care that I am 0-5 in stake league. I do care that I'm in the bottom half of the stake league in terms of points overall scored. And I think it's come to the point where the few assets that I have one and most important being DeAndre Hopkins needs to be moved. And I'm sure there's going to be other people out there that are either one and four, two and three, own five, like myself, that have a Hopkins who has been underperforming, hasn't been able to score the touchdowns, and at least in a standard scoring format like Hopkins is in, in this league, it's it's a liability at this point, given how much I spent on the auction block and everything else. So I'm curious what trade offers might work for you. I'm going to give you a few of them that I've kind of been throwing out there. And I know there's going to be a lot of different people uh, who might be listening to this podcast. They're going to be getting a few more Hopkins offers from me by the end of the day. Here's one that I was thinking of, though. Uh, either Todd Gurley or Chris Carson, and then a combination of Brandon Cooks, Edelman, or Fitzgerald. For Hopkins, do you do you feel like that one works? His running backs have Chris Carson, uh, Joe Mixon, and Todd Gurley, and the receivers that he has is Brandon Cooks, John, uh, Edelman, and Fitzgerald. So it's a lot of uh, guys at both positions. I like Gurley the most out of that group, but I understand where he has a little bit of depth at the running back spot where mm-hmm. that works. I mean, if you can get Gurley and Cooks for DeAndre Hopkins, I'd absolutely do it. But I just don't think you're going to right now. You're, you're what not right now with DeAndre Hopkins. My position, you know, you go buy, sell, hold. It's got to be a hold for me because I know he's not going to be bad for the rest of the season. And right now you're selling him at possibly the lowest point. If you graph out his fantasy points per week at the end of the year, you've got a real steep valley here that it's just not – you're selling low on him. And that's that seems to be one of the worst things you can do. But I do, at the same time, understand your position. It's a points league that I'm I'm an eater by nine points. I checked this morning. It's a points league, and uh, you you want to do a two for one in here, and and, and I hear you. I mean, I mean, I've got the uh, Devonta Adams who's been hurt, and you know, I, not all that different from what we're getting from uh, DeAndre Hopkins. So obviously, if you get a Cooks and Gurley or a Cooks and uh, or an Edelman and Gurley offer, I definitely do it. If you get a Carson. And Cooks, Carson and Edelman, Mixon and Cooks, Mixon and Edelman. When you get down to the likes of Mixon and Fitzgerald, Mixon and Jones, that's probably where I say no. Or if you Carson and Fitzgerald, Carson and Marvin Jones, that's probably where I say no. But like all those combinations I listed off, I think, I mean, 70% of them you do if you can. All right, so I'll give you probably my buy, my my lowest. Like, all right, I'll consider this trade offer, and and I'm interested to hear certainly out there as well. If you guys have Hopkins, like, what would you be willing to take in trades, or what trade offers have you been able to get so far? Because I know um, I'm not the only one, hopefully, that has this problem. Because I'll feel a little bit better if that's the case. So Devin Singletary, Bills coming off um, a win over the Titans. We imagine that Singletary is going to be healthy soon. I think they have a buy this week, right? If that's the yeah, the Bills, Bears, Colts, Raiders have buy this week. So Singletary going to be healthy you would imagine after this week six by uh and that singletary kenny galladay and then either jared goff or Jameis winston i have baker mayfield currently as my quarterback thankfully i did not listen to the advice from others in the rotoware room headquarters over here and i picked up kirk cousins and started him over baker mayfield this week so that was a 16 point addition that greatly saved my uh week five fantasy overall so devin singletary kenny galladay and one of those two quarterbacks what about that mm. So, so Devin Singletary, Kenny Galladay, and what? So you're getting a three for one for Hopkins? I would probably send over Baker Mayfield in that situation just to have make sure that the person to quarterback to. Okay, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely do that. You, is heartbeat. that one better than Gurley or Edelman in my favor? Mm, so, so Singletary, Galladay, and you get the Cooks or or the uh, Goff upgrade. Um, 
and, and you think that's better, and I got to pick between that one and between Girly Cooks. Yeah, that's what that's what I'm curious. I'm, I'm trying to throw some some curveballs in here because I'd I prefer I prefer Girly Cooks. I think because okay. um, as excited as I am about Singletary, I own Singletary in two leagues. Um, I, there's just no guarantee there. Whereas you know Malcolm Brown only carried the ball a couple times, and maybe we're starting to see Gurley get more of that workload. And I'm starting to get I'm warming up to Gurley. I'm still not cutting my Malcolm Brown shares in my 14 and 12 team leagues. Still got him. I haven't I haven't cut bait just yet. Um, but I think I'd rather go for you know the Gurley Cooks or uh, the Carson Cooks or the Mixon Cooks. Yeah, I would prefer that a little bit. But it's a it's a very close dilemma because I do like Galladay and Singletary. I like both of those. I like players. Singletary a lot, and if I can acquire him in just about every league, I want to. I understand we haven't seen it yet. But Frank Gore is Frank Gore. And I know we've been saying that for, it feels like, five weeks well, there now. Well, there was, uh, I forget which game it was, but in the second half of that game, they started giving the ball to Singletary more, yeah. and they were having immediate success. And he scored a touchdown. It was, I, I think, to week two. When I, I didn't expect to talk about Devin Singletary today. So, yeah, I got I to gotta look that up. But uh, we've seen at least flashes of Devin Singletary, and I like that. I like him as a trade chip right now, uh, especially now. Now I think this is the point where you can get him at his lowest price, and he's someone that could be an RB2 for you in the playoffs if he can get back to full health and – you know, by the by the time the playoffs came around. So, yeah, 50, 57 yards and a touchdown week two. Uh, he only carried the ball four times in week one, but at 70 yards and added five receptions for 28 right. yards. So the, he is a good player um, on a team with a quarterback that's going to help open up lanes for him, assuming, you know, Josh Allen gets back to full strength here. And I do see him overcoming the competition on that depth chart. We've talked about some buy low or sell low, I should say, probably on DeAndre Hopkins options. Here was the other trade that I thought made sense, in my opinion, as a bit of a sell high, and it probably won't work on the other side of things. Herb, uh, one of the founding fa- uh, fathers of Rotowire and one of the major tech guys here, uh, has actually crafted a really good team. And I, I, I say that jokingly because for the last three or four years, he's been near the bottom when it comes to the Rotowire Stake League standings. Uh, and the joke around the office has been that, all right, anybody that Herb has, you need to get rid of. Well, he's actually a three and two right now, has a pretty high point total so far. So how about this? Hopkins and either Royce Freeman or Ronald Jones. Again, I have a, a quartet of really crappy running backs, whether it be Ronald Jones, Peyton Barber, Royce Freeman. So I'm trying to improve on the on that RB2. So Hopkins or an RB2 of that ilk for Elvin Kamara or Aaron Jones. Um, in that deal, for me, it's I take Kamara or Aaron Jones, either one of them. I take that side in 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 any given deal. Um, not only because you want the best player in the deal, and I think Kamara overall is the best player okay. in that deal. And I almost think I would almost put. I mean, after this Aaron Jones week, um, I would almost put him ahead of Hopkins. But it starts to get really, really close right right there. Um, but I would take the Kamara side, and that would be the out of all those groups of possibilities, Kamara is the side I would want. And plus. You're not really in a spot where you can be doing two for ones right now. I mean, I mean, right? You're giving away two players for for one player. Aren't you trying to get your point total back yeah. up here so we can? Uh, <laughs> Ideally, that would be mm-hmm. the case. But I'm, so I'm now, looking so to get you the best do a two for one, and then you and then you're stuck starting. Uh, I don't know. I started Chase Edmonds in Stake League this week. That worked out. Um, I'm, but I was looking I'm at the waiver wire. Anger with I was looking at the waiver wire, like oh, the best players I could have had for that Sunday night game, like maybe Jack Doyle, or like there, there's just it's a 14 team league, which isn't that deep. But and then the benches make it reasonable. But there's just there's not a whole lot out there on the wire. I mean, there there, there really isn't. So you're going to take a downgrade at another starting spot to get 
I mean, Kamara over Hopkins would be an upgrade, but still, Ben, you're going to lose. You're going to you have to look at the overall how it changes your projected week to week point total rest of season, and because of the downgrade at the other spot, that's just even if you get the best player in the deal, I think it's going to be a loss for you. Yeah, and I, I look at the rest of my roster, and and really for an own five team that is one of the bottom scorers in the league, I feel pretty good about my team. I, I really do. It's just no one's actually performing the way I anticipate entering the year. And once that running back situation figured itself out, whether it be in Tampa Bay or in Denver, where I, you know Royce Freeman could end up pulling away, but then Philip Lindsay's doing some things. And we saw Peyton Barber get the touchdown, but Ronald Jones has been the more explosive player, clearly, for Tampa mm-hmm. Bay so far. It's been frustrating. And I have the same sort of situation with my receivers, too. Hopkins, I think, is probably the guy that has the most value on my team that I'm willing to, to move. Carryon Johnson's probably the second most, and the guy I spent the second most money on had a buy this week. I think that complicates things more. Either way, I'm curious to hear you got listeners out there what uh, what DeAndre Hopkins trades you've been able to sniff out or see so far, and kind of the different values. Maybe you can help guide me at this point. And it's weird to say as, as us being fancy owners, but I'm at a loss as to what uh, DeAndre Hopkins might do. And I'm curious mm-hmm. to hear what it might be out there for uh, listeners. Again, I'm just going to reiterate my overall stance on Hopkins because I'm going to get asked this later in this week. It is a hold. It is a hold for me right now. He's got the Chiefs secondary this week. It's another good matchup on paper for him to break out. If you really, really want to move Hopkins, I'd try to wait one more week. All right. All right. I don't I don't know if I'm going to listen to you, uh, but then you can go ahead and do a ha-ha told you so following next week, and I'm sure we'll get we'll get to that point. All right. So let's actually get to some of the free agent stuff. Before we do that, the NFL season is officially underway, and that means Yahoo Daily Fantasy, our, our target sponsor, has returned. There's a million reasons to enter the free Yahoo Cup on Daily Fantasy, and they're all dollars. That's right. Yahoo Cup is free to enter in a perfect lineup will win you $1 million every week of the football season. It's as easy easy as entering the contest and picking your players. If you're over 18 and a United States citizen, there's no reason why you shouldn't take your shot. Yahoo Daily Fantasy Football has new contests every week with guaranteed cash prizes. Even if you don't score a perfect lineup, you can still walk away from a game with a little cash. Choose Yahoo Daily Fantasy today. Get started now at yahoo.com slash daily fantasy. All right, so the quarterback position overall, we're going to see again a few bye weeks with the Bills, Bears, Colts, Raiders, Jacoby Reset out the door, Derek, Derek Carr out the door, Josh Allen, your boy, out the door for at least this week. That means there's probably going to have to be some streamer options available. I think we first have to start with a guy like Gardner Minshew going against the Saints this week, uh, 24% owned in Yahoo Leagues. What are your takes on this Gardner Minshew as a possible top 15 fantasy quarterback? Yeah, this one, I actually think both quarterbacks in this game are very realistic streaming options. I mean, uh, on the Saints side, you have Teddy Bridgewater. He was the second highest graded passer last week uh, after his four touchdown game. So that was excellent. But I started with Gardner Minshew first just because of the uh, the matchup as a whole here. You know, we've got an excellent, uh, I'll stop here for a quick plug. We've got an excellent uh, team defense versus position page. You know, you see this for free on other sites and we have one that's on steroids where you can do standard. PPR, <laughs> FanDuel, DraftKings, Yahoo. You can do by positions. You can pick your start week. You can pick your end week. You can go back different seasons if you want. It shows different stat categories, and it shows you exactly who that team's opponent will be for the given week here. And of course, if you're one of those who likes to make your own algorithms, you can export it to Excel or CSV. But in standard leagues here, um, actually, it doesn't really matter so much standard leagues or PPR for quarterbacks that we're talking here. Um, the Saints are number two in terms of most fantasy points per game or in overall fantasy points. Uh, they're number three in pe- fantasy points per game uh, Two opposing quarterbacks. They're trailing only the Dolphins and the Buccaneers. And uh, I mean, 
the Dolphins are a whole standard deviation away from everyone else. That's just on their own. But in terms of realistic op- opponents, the uh, the Saints are, are 0.2 points out of second place in that. So uh, while they haven't allowed a 100-yard rusher in I can't remember how many years, maybe 18 games, something like that, there's a crazy stat out there. Um, didn't have that written down for today. Um, they have been vulnerable to opposing quarterbacks. Part of that is because they're, they've been a good team that's been able to get ahead and play softer coverage towards the end of games as other teams try to play catch-up. But in any case, uh, I, I like Gardner Minshew as a streamer this week. He's only 24% owned in Yahoo formats. I like him a little bit better than Teddy Bridgewater at 9%. Um, and I can't determine yet if it's the analytic mind or if that's a gut feeling just liking who Gardner Minshew is as a person. Yeah, as a person. And, and most both people. Are off, both are available. Right. He's kind of a cult phenom, um, I think, in, in most fantasy circles. Mm-hmm. For, How many Halloween costumes are we going to see this year? Oh, he's going to be one of the most popular among people that follow the NFL, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm not talking like your boyfriend who just passively watches it or something like that, but like watches NFL games, has the Red Zone mm-hmm. channel. Gardner Minshew is going to be- Walking down th- State Street for Freak Fest in, in, in a couple weeks. <laughs> So there's just going to yes. be Gardner Minshew's left and right. That's, I mean, I'm going to put on sunglasses and a bandana. Why not? I, 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 it's and you could pull it off. Pretty I'll work. Well, I, I think, think I'll, I could work on the mustache. My mustache is a little light in color. Um, I, I need to get a little bit darker to really pay off, but I, I can figure it out. They, just for men, gel handles that right. I, I'm not going to waste. Valuable, I can buy something at Target. Okay. <laughs> I'm not going to waste valuable podcast time talking about your mustache, but yes, yeah, so you could probably do it. That'd be mm-hmm. fine for a costume. Anyway, uh, game script wise, and I was talking about this with the guys out in the Rotoware uh, uh, headquarters earlier when we were thinking game script wise for the Packers Cowboys I don't think anyone would have anticipated the Packers race out to a 14 nothing lead and that's why a guy like Geronimo Allison or Marquez Valdez Scantling probably didn't do as well as you were anticipating mm-hmm. because it just was completely flipped but if you are anticipating the game script of the Jacksonville Jaguars versus Saints isn't this going to be kind of a run and short passes kind of scenario where you're not going to anticipate Gardner Minshew tossing the ball a bunch like it's gonna be a Leonard Fournette type of contest right yeah I mean that's quite possible I I do think the Saints strength as well lies within the running game um you know if I had to predict the game script now and that's part of the reason I I went this way um you we're gonna see the Saints get ahead and then we're gonna see Gardner Minshew kind of try to charge a comeback and Fournette will get his early on in the game I'm sure but uh there's gonna there'll be a point here where um where the, the the Jags are going to have to air it out. I mean, 44 and a half, it's definitely not the highest over-under um, by any means, but you got Gardner Minshew, the home quarterback. The Jags are actually one-point favorites in this game, so they have the slightly higher implied total. And that's the margin's so narrow, especially how with how well Teddy Bridgewater is surprisingly graded out this week um, and, and the game that he has. I mean, it's narrow. There's going to be a lot of running, but uh, when you look at streaming options, Less than 50% owned. Absolutely, right. I couldn't find a whole lot, and these are my top two. Right, no, and I understand that too. Especially and, now that buys are heating up and yeah. that people have caught up. Uh, you know, Jacoby Brissett, who we mentioned last week, didn't have a, such a great game against the Chiefs, but, uh, you know, he's up over 50% now. I mean, all these realistic options, you know, uh, Josh Allen always gets a streamer spot. You know, they're on a buy. Uh, Derek Carr was also in that same kind of conversation yep. so, too. So, yeah, and the regular streamer, well, yeah, yeah, the regular streamers are all on buys this week. So these are the guys that I'm looking at um, you know, that are, have some availability. Yeah. And I think Minshew makes a lot of sense. And again, I think he's probably a top 15 fantasy quarterback this week, but I'm just like anticipating game script and, and how it's going to play out. And we've seen Marcus Lattimore take away whatever the best receiver is, whether it be Mike Evans or somebody else. And I think DJ Chark is also going to be another guy that just gets 
fed to Lattimore Island and maybe ends up being a Chris Conley or D.D. Yeah, Westbrook. I was going to say, don't, yeah, definitely don't forget about D.D. Westbrook. No, he no, kinda, no, no, He got back into, uh, he got back into, you know, his own, own patterns in a good way this past week. You know, good, a lot of targets, good amount of catches here. There's some PPR utility there, and maybe that's a uh, real sneaky for GPPs. All, all, all this to say the Jacksonville Jaguars have enough offensive weapons that I think they can pass the ball. I just think it's going to be a bit more low scoring, and both teams are going to be um, – uh, they're going to be check downs and kind of running the ball and, and the defense is going to win out whatever defense it ends up being. I just don't know if we can anticipate right now. Mm-hmm. So Bridgewater Minshew. Yeah, I think both so you're taking sense. the under on 44 and a half and I'll, and I'll take the over. I think I'm going to do that. Yeah. Life is I'll, way I'll, too short to bet the under Joe. I didn't know, not know if you knew that, but uh, <laughs> I've done a lot of parlays and unders and that's about the only thing I've been have, able to have success for, uh, thus far mm-hmm. on the money f- side of things. Um, other notes though, Devin, uh, Devlin Hodges, likely going to be the starter. I think Mike Tomlin had a comment earlier today where he's talking about playing a, a future Hall of Fame quarterback, which that would be Philip Rivers. So apparently Tomlin's on board in that argument uh, <laughs> and having to start a third string quarterback. He just wants to start another conversation. That's he's not trying about to distract. Exactly. <laughs> he, he, Mike Tomlin, master of distraction, apparently with the mm-hmm. Hall of Fame, uh, Philip Rivers argument. Anyway, he also said that he's going to have to start a third string quarterback. So whether he's being coy with what Mason Rudolph's task is going to be. And of course, everyone saw the scary injury, the hit that occurred in the Ravens game where he was just completely not knocked out, uh, having to essentially be carried off the field because the cart, of course, didn't work. Um, I, I think it's difficult to say let's use Devlin Hodges against the Chargers defense that has been vulnerable, gave up a yes. little bit of points to Joe Flacco, Cortland Sutton, uh, Cortland Sutton and company. I still wouldn't go that direction. Yeah. Neither would I go Colt McCoy, despite the fact that he's going to be starting against the Dolphins mm-hmm. this week, and Dolphins are the yeah. Dolphins. I mean, for what it's worth, we moved from our streamers to our two-quarterback league yeah, situation yeah, yeah. here. So so uh, Devlin Hodges, he's a starter. He gets a mention. Um, well, he's a starter, assuming that Rudolph uh, doesn't clear concussion protocol, and that was a pretty nasty hit, so I guess we'll wait and see. This tar- this uh, section, the quarterbacks are the ones that we throw a lot of names out there, but it's really tough to get right on a Tuesday because there's not a whole lot of practice in the books. So, like... I wrote down Colt McCoy, but it's also like whoever starts for Washington, just because it's Miami, just because remember what I said earlier when I was looking at the defense versus position page we've got, they're pretty much, you know, almost a full standard <laughs> deviation ahead of uh, uh, on an island above number two in terms of fantasy points allowed to opposing quarterbacks. So I don't care if it's Colt McCoy to Terry McLaurin. Um, Terry McLaurin didn't have an excellent uh, statistical game, but given the fact that he was shadowing, shadowed by Stephon Gilmore, yeah. um, I, I forget who tweeted this out. I need to do a better job of bookmarking these, but he has a top five like over the last you know year of uh, 16 games or whatever. We'll say he's got like a top five performance against Stephon Gilmore, um, So even though it was only 50-something yards. So it looks like McLaurin's healthy and ready to contribute here. And you know they've got some guys. The running game's weak. The organization is in shambles at this point, but it's the Dolphins. It's you know the battle of the organization in yeah. shambles maybe you know they could somehow have a, a fatal three-way with the browns in there <laughs> i mean i don't quite put them on that low of a level yet because you know there's some talent there but again whoever i'm saying even with the dolphins coming off a of bye i guess that's the one slightly concerning thing but whoever's under center there has the potential to get 200 yards and two touchdowns if you're looking for a two qb streamer this week now that four teams are on by this is the first thing that's time that's happened all season two other small quarterback news to note sam darnold was announced and uh, i think right before we got on for the podcast he will be the starting quarterback for the jets this week he's un- he's fallen to 13 percent owned in yahoo leagues cowboys obviously are going to be the jets opponent this week i think again they're double digit underdogs but at the very least maybe a guy like jameson crowder can get on uh, get it going on with uh, sam darnold and if that's the case maybe he scratches his way to 15 points but what are your thoughts on sam mm-hmm. darnold for a fantasy option well, in the league that I'm actually best in, four and one, 
It was the league that I took Cam Newton in, cut him, then thought I was going to jump on that Mason Rudolph train, cut him. Yep. And right now I'm currently rostering Kirk Cousins, Daniel Jones, and Sam Darnold because okay. I'm thinking, you know, one of them maybe will turn it around. And this week I'm, I'm going to start Cousins again against the Eagles just because he showed some signs this last week. I want nothing to do with Jan- Daniel Jones against the Patriots, then I'm holding on Sam Darnold because, you know. Who Why knows? not? Yeah. Who knows? Maybe there's some up. It is a keeper league, and I got him for nothing. So you know, there's that. Um, just in case. So, uh, so that that's what I'm dealing with here, and that's funny that that's my best league because I'm getting basically nothing out of a quarterback position. I think uh, last week Kirk Cousins was the first time a quarterback got me more than 20 fantasy I was say, points. He did okay last week, mm-hmm. and I had to start him in stake league. Mm-hmm. You mentioned Cam Newton. He did ditch his walking boot. I'm still of the opinion I want nothing to do with Cam Newton, and frankly, given how successful the Panthers have been with an actually relevant starting quarterback, yeah, you, you heard me say that. Uh, I don't know why they would bring back Newton until he is completely and 100% mm-hmm. ready. It's because of MVP Christian McCaffrey, that's why. Well, yes, and, and we'll get to Christian McCaffrey actually with the running backs over here first. Talking about a running back that is carrying the team for the most part was David Johnson getting all the snaps, and then we saw uh, his back flare up, and he was able to play through the injury until that final series, and Chase Edmonds arrives on the scene and ends up being a pretty relevant fantasy back. You used him in stake league for God knows what reason, and it ended up working out for you. It was That's the how Bengals, it is for Jake, it was apparently. The yeah, you know, I, it was, uh, I have Devin Singletary. I wasn't sure about Marlon Mack's status. Uh, obviously, I lost. I, I had to go one deeper in the flex because of Devontae Adams. So I was looking at the Bengals, and I was like, man, this is a pretty tasty matchup. I'm going to play David Johnson and Chase Edmonds, and they both got me more than 15 points. So I'm cool with it, and uh, I, and I've I'd been hanging on to Chase Edmonds. You know, normally I'm not one to handcuff, but for various re- reasons, whether it be a 14 teamer I wanted to handcuff uh, Johnson in, a 16 teamer I wanted to handcuff Johnson in, or simply a league where you um, you have to pay for each transaction. Uh, and I didn't feel strongly enough about some of the waivers on the given week, and I didn't necessarily have areas of need. So for various reasons, I'm holding on to three shares of Chase Edmonds this week. He's only three percent owned in Yahoo leagues, based on what I. Uh, looked at a second ago um and if anything um for various reasons i have three shares of chase edmonds is the most frustrating fantasy line <laughs> i have heard this week god i hate fantasy football yep continue hey, he's up to four percent i mean i don't have a whole lot <laughs> to say four percent I, I don't have a whole lot to say here he's got a game at home against atlanta um if atlanta's going to be able to score against anyone i'd imagine it would be the cardinals chase edmonds brings utility as a pass catching back into play um again it's really hard to gauge this on tuesday but compared to with the other running back options we're looking with, if you need to pick a guy up and start him this week, um, Chase Edmonds, who has proven he can on occasion have some standalone value when David Johnson is around and David Johnson, you know, various injuries. I'm not quite ready to throw that injury prone label on David Johnson because it's not really been the soft tissue type. It's been more of the, the fluky, weird, like the broken wrist thing a couple right. of years ago, that kind of thing. Um, but nonetheless, he's missed time uh, over over the years. And this, uh, you know, I'm not ready. I'd you know, maybe I'm I'm less on this offense than I was at the beginning of the year, but just based on the pace and the style, the pass catching running back can do some damage in here. So Chase Edmonds is probably the top running back pickup this week, and you might think I'm nuts, but wait till you hear who else is on our list. Yeah, I mean, I get it, and the same reason you're rostering Alexander Madison in ten or twelve team leagues, if that's still the case is the same reason you're rostering Chase Edmonds and mm-hmm. the same reason you should be rostering Reggie Bonifant, which we saw him go off for a 59-yard run after Chris McCaffrey left with what was cramps or deemed to be cramps for the, the Carolina Panthers. How big of a role Christian McCaffrey has in the Panthers' offense is similar to Leonard Fournette, where I think they were, they had like 95% of the snaps, either one of those running backs. And that's exactly why a guy like Reichwell Armstead, Reggie Bonifant, and same with Chase Edmonds, should be rostered. Now, I guarantee you've never heard of Reggie Bonifant uh, prior to this week, 
but he seems to be the clear backup for the Panthers. And if Chase Edmonds is the top mm-hmm. waiver wire pickup at running back, especially with given David Johnson might not be able to play this week, you should definitely be trying to pick up Bonifant in deeper leagues. Like I think of the NFFC leagues that have 20 roster deep. That's it, where I'm going it, for. It's different for me, Joe, because Chase Edmonds has at least an outside chance of some standalone value if David Johnson is healthy. Um, you know, you look at uh, the snap shares for Christian McCaffrey, 100%, 100%, 92%, 100%, 86%. You know, and then you look at the snap shares for, uh, for David Johnson, at least, you know, you got 86.5%, 60%, 86.7%, 80, 85.7%, then 70%. And those two leagues that were those two weeks, week two and week five, that were a little bit low. Um, those were ones when Johnson was a little bit banged up. But at least there's 15% of the snaps out there for Dave, for Chase Edmonds. In a worst case scenario, if you're trying to use one of these guys, at least there's 15% of the snaps out there where you can maybe get some short dump off passes, maybe vulture a touchdown, maybe get a run. If Christian McCaffrey's on the field and healthy, there's nothing from Bonifin. So that's why it's it, there's more separation for me. I get where you're going with Bonifin, and if I'm in anything you know six team or deep and I'm a McCaffrey owner, you can make damn straight that I'm picking him up just to uh, make sure that my ass is covered in the playoffs if anything happens to what looks like possibly the league MVP. I mean, okay. I'll stop no, saying I, I, no, I'll stop I think saying it, that. It's true. a quarterback award. It's just like the college football. Well, I see. I, I disagree. I think McCaffrey I'm not be saying it should be. That just right. is what it is. I'm being realistic here. Um, so anyway, yeah, rant over. For that reason, yeah, Bonifant has a certain degree of utility as a handcuff, I guess. It'd have to be pretty deep for me to go for it. But when it comes to ranking the guys this week, there's a pretty sizable margin between him and Edmonds just because of the fact that Edmonds has some slight utility when his starter is healthy, and you can't say the same for Bonifant. Yeah, well, I I disagree with that, though, because in games where David Johnson's been actually healthy, Edmonds has seen less than 10 snaps in three of those contests, right? 10 in week one, nine in week three, 13 in week four. Happens to be when David Johnson's been able to play all 60 snaps or whatever it is. Like, I, it's it's not fair to say, okay, yeah, Chase Edmonds is going to come in there when David Johnson's one uh, healthy. Well, no, that's that's not the case. We literally have seen it on the field. The same goes for a guy like Christian McCaffrey, where Bonifant came in at the end of that fourth quarter and was able to rip off that big run, that which kind of ended up making the Panthers secure the victory over Jacksonville. I, I like I I get it because this week David Johnson might not be able to play, but Bonifant has just as much value as Chase Edmonds because neither one of them are going to be on the field very much, but will be out there significantly mm-hmm. if either one of those starting guys is out. Yeah, I mean we're splitting hairs here. Edmonds has at least had a target in four or five games, and he's. Had had one carry in every single game. I do not believe you can say the same for Bonifin. But no, again, no. this is where we're at with the waiver wire this I, week. Right. It's so thin that we're arguing over these tiny, these tiny, you know, backup running backs that have. 10 to 15 percent of the snap share so uh um, maybe we should just move on well, that. I, think I, it, it, I speak for every owner in, in fantasy last week that lost playing against the eagles defense or will fuller when i say i hate you that you got 15 plus points out of chase edmonds whereas i can't mm-hmm. get anything out of royce freeman and i can never figure out the buccaneers running back situation whether it be peyton barber ronald jones i am very frustrated and i am annoyed <laughs> that that worked out for you so well Let's go on to John Hilleman for the Giants right now. Wayne, Wayne Gallman is potentially going to be out. Uh, of course, it's a short week. They're playing the Patriots. This is not a great matchup. We don't think Saquon Barkley is going to be playing. Again, this is being recorded on a Tuesday. Maybe something changes prior to game time, but it seems like both Gallman and Barkley are going to be out. So now we're talking about a third-string running back for the Giants going against arguably the best defense right now in the NFL and the Patriots. 
I don't feel confident in this. And of course, there might be weather issues too. I think early reports are indicating 30 to 40 mile per hour winds, which would actually probably benefit Hillman in that sense. Uh, as the Giants try to rely on the running game, I just don't think there's going to be much for running against the Patriots defense. Yeah, just keep in mind that we were never super high on uh, Wayne Gallman, and this is and Wayne Gallman's right. backup. I mean, he had that good first game, which is what we had suggested. That was it. Well, and then, but then it's injury beyond that. So you know, we can't we can't stand on our high horse like we were right about that analytically. I still stand by that opinion um, that we're not going to get. You can't expect really much of anything else, Gallman, the rest of the year, and he wasn't worth the sixty seventy dollar Fab bid. Um, but you're looking at John Hillman and Elijah Penny here. I mean, man, this. This is this is brutal. Um, I, I it's bad for all Giants options against the Patriots. I mean, they've proven to, to uh, once again put together one of the best defense, one of their better defenses than probably their last three, four Super Bowl titles. So uh, uh, they're absolutely a fantasy matchup to fade in just about every occasion. I'm curious though about Wendell Smallwood. We've seen kind of Chris Thompson have some success. Adrian Peterson has been on my cut list before, and even though they're playing the Dolphins, I still wouldn't feel comfortable starting him. But maybe they end up getting the passing game involved a little bit more often, which means that a Smallwood or Chris Thompson has some value. What's your thoughts on him? Basically, um, Smallwood was more effective. He was their most effective runner this past week, and uh, which I wrote down in our, our little outline as best of the worst. You know, right. so there's not a ton to get excited about. But uh, we know from his time in Philly that he's capable of catching some passes and he gets the Dolphins this week so there's a chance that you have a couple of backs that could get eight to ten carries and and do some damage again if you're splitting hairs for a flex spot because you're super desperate then uh it's a name it's a name that's worth considering and and who knows maybe the tensions with Adrian Peterson and that organization boil over we know what Chris Thompson is you know after all these years and all these opportunities um maybe there's room for someone else to emerge but the ceiling there's not much ceiling there it's just a name this week of a guy that's going to play and possibly get carries Speaking of not much ceiling, I think at this point we need to cut Daryl Williams, or at least it looks to be that case, given mm-hmm. how little of an impact he had after Damian Williams returned in that Sunday night loss to the Colts. I think LaShawn McCoy still has enough value where I want to have him on the roster, but if you're considering picking up a guy like Chase Edmonds or even a Reggie Bonifant, I think Daryl Williams is probably the first cut on my list of those kind of mm-hmm. uh, running backs that might go off and just haven't necessarily 15 done snaps, it. zero carries. I mean... If you put the name, if you put the, if you block out the team on that list, it's yeah. an easy cut. Yeah, I agree. All right, we're going to move to the pass catchers. Before we do that, let's get a word from our sponsor, Side Boss. Week six of the NFL season is here, and lucky for you, Side Boss has got you covered. If you've missed entering the Side Boss Pro Pick'em Contest, it's not too late to join week six and still be eligible to win weekly and quarterly prizes throughout the season. In addition to our Pro Pick'em Contest, where players choose five games against the spread each week, Side Boss is currently offering prop contests for quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and tight end. Play any side boss weekly or daily free to play games and you get all the picks correct and boom, win cash and an entry into the side boss $150,000 private NFL ATS contest. Go to contest.sideboss.com and use promo code RotoWire to get in on that uh, on that action. All right, moving over to the wide receivers again, running backs a little bit low. We talked about Gardner Minshew as possibly top option at quarterback. Unfortunately, I think wide receiver is a little bit of a difficult proposition as well. Auden Tate did score a late touchdown against the Bengals, but for about three and a half quarters, Andy Dalton as a potential top 10 fantasy quarterback really looked awful. Tyler Boyd and Auden Tate benefited from that. Boyd getting the long touchdown pass on what appeared to be Mm -hmm. broken coverage. Auden Tate kind of scored at the last second to make that a closer game. What's your thoughts on Auden Tate overall and the the Bengals passing attack? Is he maybe a guy that needs to be rostered in more than what we've seen so far with the Yahoo Leagues? It's a, it's really difficult because 
he got the opportunity this week and the matchup was good but in any matchup that's reasonably decent the Bengals have zero chance of protecting Andy Dalton I don't think Andy Dalton's good Tyler Boyd's their number one receiver I don't necessarily expect AJ Green to be back anytime soon but after the touches that go to Boyd and Mixon and maybe throwing some for Eifert here um, I just don't think that there's a lot left over especially when we get into a reasonable matchup and man if I could have just got something anything from Tyler Eifert I had, I had a cool fan to a lineup everyone can say this I had one of 224 points this week with 2.4 points from I Eifert hate you it. not everyone can say that as I look at my 80 point fan duel roster and uh, Dude, okay. anyway I'm just, just keep week, going just keep la- going last week was the week where if you're ever going to score a 200 <laughs> point lineup it was the one yes yeah and I was part of that club I did I obviously under under entered it enough but I mean you need a 300 points to take down tournaments when normally that 224 point lineup would work out just fine but anyway beyond the point um I'm lukewarm on Auden Tate he's a one to three dollar fab bid player for me I don't think he's necessarily an impact player the rest of the season on a team that's bad with superior weapons that may or may not get A.J. Green back at some point. And when we get Green back, then his value essentially evaporates because there's definitely no room for three pass-catching options, or three wide receivers at least, in that offense. So um, last week was more of a stream, I think, than they actual pick him up and expect to get value the rest of the season. But I don't think we talked about him, so I wanted to uh, I wanted to throw him on the list because, again, it's a thin week this week. He has had at least six uh, targets in the last three weeks against the Bills, Steelers, and Cardinals. He has the Ravens this week, and I think that's actually going to be a pretty high game like I uh, was looking at the over-under. I don't know if we can say with confidence that the Ravens' defense isn't going to allow 15 to 18-plus points, and if that's the case, you're talking about a game where Auden Tate probably gets involved, or you see uh, Tyler Boyd really break out even more than he has been the last couple of weeks. So I think there's going to be enough moving, uh, passing the ball, whether it be Lamar Jackson and the Bengals kind of going back and forth, that you could have Auden Tate as a realistic option in 14-team leagues as a flex or wide receiver three, and that's kind of where I think Auden Tate probably is the most valuable. You know, the more research I do and the more I look into it, I just found another name that would be a, a pretty good comparison. Uh, Keyshawn Johnson of the sure. Cardinals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had uh, a 95% snap share on Sunday. Uh, plays for... Um, the Cardinals. A, you know, a, a, an offense that I don't you know, respect a ton. At least Murray has, he's able to escape pressure where as soon as Andy Dalton gets a hint to pressure, he's, you know, down on the ground, Eli Manning style. Um, and the pressure is coming more often. Um, so, so for that reason, you know, I'll say that the the Cardinals offense is better, even if I'm not super high on them the rest of the season. And, uh, you know, Keyshawn Johnson, to me, those two are interchangeable. They, you know, they're the same person, Keyshawn Johnson, uh, seven targets. He even got a carry. Um, only had 22 yards and didn't really do a whole lot uh, with that. Um, but he's been getting steady, steady. I mean, it's a it's a wide receiver two on a not so great offense with some reasonable volume. And for me, they're interchangeable. Yeah, I agree with you on that in that extent. Um, we talk about Brian Byron Pringle a little bit. Obviously, of course, we know him as the very tasty mm-hmm. chip that you can get in a can. But this is also a player who I've got never, nine. I've targets. never been a Pringles guy for whatever reason. Really? Those just don't do it for me. Ruffles man. or Pringles? I like. I like. I would prefer Ruffles. I guess I like kettle cooked chips. Those are my. Oh thing. But, yeah. Uh, okay. For, for whatever reason, I just always thought they tasted like, like like air and cardboard. I just I don't I don't get. The I'm addicted to Pringles. Like if you give me a Pringles can, it's going to be gone within the hour, and that's not a good thing. So I've I've tried to limit looking at Pringles, and that applies for this fantasy player as well. Yes, he got nine tar- uh, targets out of nowhere. Kind of got a, a lucky yes. touchdown as well in that contest too. Way to get us back on track. I yes, Tyreek Hill. He's come back. Uh, he's, he's going to be coming back soon. Mm-hmm. Sammy Watkins was injured, which is why we saw Pringle in the first place. We don't know about Watkins' stats as of this recording right now. 
That being Don't said, forget about do, me, Cole and Kelsey. Do not chase him. Do not chase Byron Pringle right now. And I know his name is tough to say right now on a Tuesday afternoon as I have not enough coffee in my system. This is not a guy that I need to go have in my lineup. Yeah. Yeah. Or roster. I mean, he's he's available wherever you want him. <laughs> I'm not sure you necessarily he, wherever want him. I want him is the problem though, and that's nowhere. I just mm-hmm. don't I don't need to go after that. Although yeah. I do kind of have some interest in Preston Williams or Devontae Parker, frankly, both against a pretty good matchup-wise fantasy purposes against the Redskins defense this week. Again, mm-hmm. they had a bye week. The Dolphins are done with that. At least in the case of Preston Williams, I imagine he's rostered in most places mm-hmm. that you would want him in. But Devontae Parker might be an interesting name out there. Yeah, I had a very interesting and applicable dilemma um, this this week involving Devontae, Devontae Parker in Stake League, where every little point counts, of course, as, as we've discussed oh, yeah. here. I'm um, I had running out. I was running out of flex options. Uh, Malcolm Brown had already been used on Thursday night. I had Marlon Mack, and at noon on Sunday, we didn't know if Marlon Mack was going to play exactly. There was that one little Rappaport nugget about looks in line to play, but we're still going to call him a game time call. Right. And my dilemma was: Do I drop Devonte Parker? He was the only droppable guy really that I had left because I'm, you know, I'm holding Devonte Adams. I have three other receivers that are going to start. Do I drop Devonte Parker to pick pick up some? scrubby chiefs or uh or, or colts player and who knows maybe it would have been byron pringle and it would have worked out but uh <laughs> anyway i was looking to maybe get an insurance policy in the event that marlon mack was out but i decided to risk it as opposed to cutting Devonte parker because um you know the matchup this week's decent uh washington i mean then then we've got a pretty tough run of buffalo pittsburgh jets okay indianapolis buffalo again cleveland um so you it's not like there's a favor, super favorable schedule, but what is favorable is, is he's going to be behind in all of these games, and he is probably the most talented. I mean, not to take away from Preston Williams, but I would say with a certain degree of confidence that he's the most talented wide receiver on that roster. We saw a little bit of it when he scored against the Chargers. Um, there is going to be some wide receiver three low-end flex utility for him as we continue to plow through these bye weeks, and uh, that's why I'm glad I hung on to him in stake league. I think you're probably right that Parker is the most talented receiver on the Dolphins. But for whatever the reason, Preston Williams is the guy that's getting the most targets. And it wasn't just for Ryan Fitzpatrick. It's also been for Josh Rosen, too. So Preston Williams is the most valuable Dolphins receiver. That's not to say Devontae Parker isn't valuable. And I think that's where the distinction lies for me. I do want to put a little bit of an asterisk, though, on Dolphins receiver. I don't think we can entirely rule out Devontae Parker being traded to a team that needs a receiver as we get a little bit close to the trade deadline. We saw Kenny Stills already get moved. Uh, Minka Fitzpatrick's gone. Laramie Tunsil's gone. The Dolphins are clearly trading away their talent. Parker is on a reasonable two-year contract. And I, I bring this up because there's an article on ESPN by Bill Bill Barnwell who does fantastic work each and every week. And I, I generally enjoy reading everything he has to do. And he was talking about eight players that could be most likely to be traded or, or make sense. And Parker was among that group to the point where I was like, oh, yeah, you know what? Maybe it's worth rostering Parker with the extent that he could be traded to a different team. The only thing is that wide receivers that get traded mid-season, I think Amari Cooper's kind of the exception. Sure. Uh, Golden Tate's more of the norm. Uh, wide receivers that get traded mid-season don't always you know, catch on immediately, and it's really tough to suddenly snap your fingers and have that trust um, with that quarterback. You know, like Would he be, would Parker do okay in a Packers uniform if Devontae Adams had an extended I think option? Yes. That's an option. What if, here's probably the best-case scenario if you pick up Parker in, with that in mind, um, Unfortunately, I own them both in stake league. But if something were to happen to Josh Gordon that took him back off the field, Parker would be an immediate Patriot, like in a heartbeat. 
Yeah, Belichick well, would, 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 would the Dolphins want to trade in, in division? Ooh, within though? the division, ooh. that's that's where oh, I think. That's right. I figured. He, yeah, he'd have to. You have to get traded somewhere else, make a big fuss, and then about his helmet, then get signed <laughs> by the Patriots. That's how the that's how the sequence of events goes here. I forget. He'd end up there. You don't you don't think yeah. they'd figure it out? Yeah, you're right. There's probably someone. The they would, they would cheat their way though. to him. Yeah, the, the Packer one. Okay, that's Maybe actually that's really interesting because I, I do think he'd probably have success. And frankly, the Packers need a guy like Devontae Parker, mm-hmm. uh, a bigger body that has some speed and can and can make some things happen on the catch. And I or think that's staying where, in the NFC North, what if the Vikings can't settle their Stephon Diggs dilemma but still see themselves within striking distance of a playoff spot? I mean, that's a very competitive there. division. Um, they could use a wide receiver too beyond Thielen. Besides Thielen uh, and Diggs, there there is nothing. Yeah, I mean, Laquan Treadwell is the number three receiver for the Vikings at this time with Chad BB placed on IR. Yes, like Vikings, keep taking receivers in the first round, please. <laughs> I, I think that's an interesting one. Anyway, that's all this to say, I think Parker is probably worth rostering in deeper formats with the possibility that gets traded. There is one name that was traded. That's Zay Jones going to the Raiders. Of course, Raiders are on a bye this week. Tyrell Williams was not able to play in that Monday, uh, London contest against the Bears. Um, Trevor Davis ended up having four catches, had a pretty costly fumble. Raiders still ended up winning. Is Zay Jones a guy that you'd want to acquire opposite of Tyrell Williams as a fantasy-relevant receiver? If I know Tyrell Williams is going to miss another game, which I, I don't think will be the case after the bye week, right. but if you're going into a week and you know uh, he'll miss a the game, then maybe I consider it, depending on my level of desperation. But outside of that very specific situation, it's a no for me. The tight ends are also eh. At best right now, of course, Chris Hernan uh, will be coming back from suspension this week. We know Sam Darnold is going to be the starting quarterback. He's rostered in under 30% of Yahoo leagues. If you don't have the top eight tight ends, it really is a just shrug your shoulders and roll the dice. And that's kind of how a guy like Gerald Everett, who had seven catches on Thursday night for 136 yards, ends up starting for a handful of people. I think both tight ends are probably among the top three or four waiver wire claims this week, but that's more to say week five for free agency uh, or fab bid, uh, budgets has just not been great. Yeah, I mean, this is at the point where you actually have to pay something for Chris Herndon and you're buying last year's production. I think he can be a valuable tight end. And given, I mean, after you get past the top five, six tight ends, how much just just wild uncertainty there is with with uh, the position yeah maybe go for it give it a shot if you're still if you're still uh sitting with oj howard or, or that type of situation yeah make a move there um gerald Everett, it was nice but uh i don't i don't expect that consistently um mm-hmm. he's reaching to the point where you know maybe he can be tight end two territory and if you're if your guy has a really bad match or if you're still stuck with oj howard or if you're like me and you lost hunter henry and have been streaming every single week since um yeah, then maybe there's a there's a chance for utility there, but I don't know if you can necessarily pick up Everett and expect to start him this week and have anywhere near a repeat performance. Yeah, the 49ers defense is difficult, so I understand you wouldn't want to go that direction. But again, if you don't have the top eight tight ends, why not roll the dice in a guy that has uh, I mean, you're five spin- catches you're and seven catches? Yeah, you're spending the wheel. Someone could someone could get it, and it could very well be him that given week. Yeah, I, I wanted to look at the, the routes run, which is another one of the statistics that um, Jerry uh, – man, I always say his last name wrong. Jerry Donald Obedian. Um mm-hmm. Who does great work for Rotowire, and, and frankly, to the point where it's embarrassing that he does not get on podcasts more often with uh, at least replacing me. He's on several podcasts in XM. If you really want to find him, you can find him, but we'll have to, uh, we'll, we'll, maybe we can bring him He's on. He's incredible in times. terms of the written content, and of course, the talking content too, and you can follow him on Twitter as well uh, and, and get his information. Anyway, he does a lot of the, the route run stuff in the analytical perspective. Everett's ran 186% of the routes that he's been available on the snaps compared to uh, Tyler Higby, who's only run about 70% of the routes that he's been available out in the field. I don't know. Like, I think Everett actually could end up being a top 12 fantasy tight end by the end of the year. And if he's available in your free agency where while he probably won't do great against the 49ers, 
I don't mind going that direction. Like, I think he'll be okay for the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. that's that's, that's kind of where I'm looking at right now. And of course, again, tight ends, difficult position overall. Defense, you might actually be able to have some fancy success. We saw the Eagles do some great things against the Jets last week. Mm-hmm. Is this the time for the Titans to really turn around? And actually, they did okay last week against the Bills too. Yeah, I mean, they, were, they scored positive points, and that's what you can hope from your defense if you're still in one of those leagues that hasn't moved on to IDPs or eliminated the position yet. Um, I, I'm fine with the Titans. I, we recommended them as a pickup last week, so it's kind of a hold. Yeah, they're on the road at our altitude, but the over-under on that game is 38.5, and, and you got Joe Flacco, so whatever you think he's got left uh maybe that's what you judge this i generally like to avoid the road team when we're streaming you know kind of middle of the pack defenses uh but this is one that's okay and then the other one that i've seen bringing up i think Payne brought this up in his column we'll see where jerry ranks him this week but washington's came come up a lot and now granted um not a good team organization in shambles but this washington miami is like even way even worse than the Bengals uh Cardinals game which we actually thought we'd get some offense and this game is uh over under a 41 so the Dolph or the Redskins are minus three and a half point favorites that gives the Miami implied total under 20 points and if I can see this correctly I believe Washington's been at least mildly successful in getting to the quarterback at times this year uh so um maybe that's just a gut feeling I'm gonna look well that's where their strength is they have of course Ryan Kerrigan Deron Payne their former first round pick um that can that can rush the passer I I just don't like I think one one team of this Dolphins Redskins game is going to blow up the other one. I don't know which team that's going to be. I mm-hmm. I want to stay as absolutely far away from this from literally every perspective as I possibly can. Yeah, Washington's had an interception in their last four games. They've had a sack in four or five games coming off. Even even though they were dreadful against New England as a team, they still scored five points because of four sacks and an interception. They have yet to reach double digit points on the season, so that there's something there. But um, I don't know. It's it's a streaming option. I mean, things are starting to thin out. Uh, people are figuring out who the good defenses are and hanging on to them. Your windows there are, are, are shortening, and you've got four teams on by. Um, this admittedly is a bit of a desperation option, but it is an option nonetheless. Two other defenses that I was considering in leagues that have a, a decent amount, both the Ravens and Seahawks. Seahawks, of course, going against the Browns, which we saw get eviscerated by the 49ers defense uh, on Monday night. I think the Seahawks can put together a similar amount of pressure in the interior, which we've seen has made things uncomfortable for Baker Mayfield, whether it be interceptions or just sacks outright. Right. I imagine the Seahawks are probably rostered in most formats, but there's a few mm. leagues I'm like, oh, wow. Right. Okay, I'll go get them. And the Ravens so here are the too. numbers. I looked it up. Ravens, 69%. Uh, hey. Okay, you're not going to get them. Um, Seahawks, 49%. So technically, we're there within our threshold. And technically, yes, I will rank them as the number one defense this week. They've been very boomer bust as a defense. Uh, they had 12 points week one, then three points, then two points, and 16 points against the Cardinals, then three points against the Rams. So um, when they have a, a favorable matchup, um, they've actually done pretty well. I, I mean, the secondary is still hurting a little bit, um, but the linebackers led by Bobby Wagner are still solid. Um, actually, okay, yeah, fair. I would definitely rank the, C- the Seattle Seahawks ahead of Tennessee and Washington in terms of streamers this week, and we can get away with that because of their 49% ownership. <laughs> yes, all right, that's what we want, the technicalities all throughout that. All right, well, that does it for us in the Rotoware NFL podcast sponsored by Yahoo DFS. Best of luck for your fancy lineups. <laughs>